0: This podcast is brought to you by org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I just want to mention two interesting halachic issues that come up with um, the way the schedule falls out this year, that Sunday, Monday is Rosh Chodesh Elo. So because Sunday and Monday is Rosh Chodesh Elo, and it's such a practice that many people have that on Erev Rosh Chodesh, Elul, they like to have the Yom Kippur Katen. They like to have the Tfilas of the Yom Kippur Katen, But because Rishchidesh falls out on Sunday Monday, it's not possible to have it on Shabbos. So it gets pushed off to on Thursday. So I just want to spend a little bit of some time just understanding the whole idea behind Yom Kippur Katen and why specifically it is done, or in many communities it is done specifically on Rishchidesh Elul. So the idea of Yom Kippur Katen, the notion, and even that phrase... That terminology of Yom Kippur Katen is found in the Pre and Simon Yud and Helchas Reshidish. And it's quoted by the Mishnebura as well in Simon Toff Yud Zayn, Cotton The Mishnebura attributes, the Pre attributes this idea of Yom Kippur Katen to the great Yom Moshe Cordivero. Moshe Cordevero was one of the great, one of the great, uh, Balei who lived in the 1500s. He was born in 1522 and was lived in 1570. The assumption is that Moshe Cordivero was either one of the Jews that were kicked out. His family was either from Spain or from Portugal. Some people have his name as Cordero instead of Cordovero, whether or not he was Spa- Spanish or Portuguese. But either one of those communities, the Jewish population was kicked out either in 1492, later on, 1496, or 98, whatever it was. But both those communities the Jews were expelled from Expelled from, and therefore, it's possible that he came from either one of those places. Hemoshikotverer was the famous Ramak. He was one of the great leaders in in what we'd call today Kabbalah in, in those years in the early 1500s in Svas. He was the famed brother in law of al Alkabetz, and they learned together, they studied together. He was part of the special group of people that, uh, re- that received Smicha along with the Beis Yosef and the Mabit and, and other great Gedoylum, the Alshach. These were all the great, great. What we call today Bali Machshava, Bali Kabbalah, lived in Sfas in the early 1500s. So the Ramak and Moshe Cordovero was the one who who coined this phrase in Kippur Katan. And he explained, <laughs> Because this is the way we obtain Slicha v'kapara for all our verse. We know Rosh is, you know, we say it in the davening, Therefore it's Yom Kippur katan. it's not a full Yom Kippur, we don't get the same Slicha for the whole year, but it's a miniature version of, of, of Slicha because we have Slicha for the month. And the Mishtubur goes on to describe the process of him Kippur Katen, quoting the Magan Avram, where we have sliches, and there's a whole procedure, which again, by and large, in most communities, it's not done every single Rosh Chayidish, but it's only done on very specific months. But if you look the way the Mishtubur quotes down this minute for Moshe Kortevero, it sounds like it was supposed to be done every single month. They say another pshat in the name Yom Kippur and its, its name really comes from this month. Its name comes because if you look in Rashi Unchomish, Rashi tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to get Slicha vekapar v'dechet te Egel, so we know he came down on Yom Kippur. So when did it go up? So he went up 40 days before. 40 days before it takes us to Erev Rish and Therefore, it was a miniature kapara. It was a Yom Kippur cut, It was a smaller version. Because Hashem didn't give us full Slicha kapara yet. He gave us some Slicha kapara, And therefore it's called Yom Kippur I So why do we call it Yom Kippur katan every month? The answer is because of this month. Really this month is when the name Yom Kippur katan makes the most sense. Because this was the day when Mary Sheben went up for the to get Slicha kapara. But since every Rish Chedish gets called Yom Kippur katan, because of this reason. So that's the two classical reasons behind the Yom Kippur However, why, does, why is it the practice in so many communities to do in Kippur specifically Ervish Chedish El? So that's found already in the Matta Fram Zarmagolus. We know that his sefer is the, the handbook, the go-to sefer, from, starting from el till the end of sukkis. This is the sefer that is so, so often quoted in the Mishtabruah and other place. Matta Fram lived in the end of the 1700s, near the 1800s, it was near the beginning of the 1800s. Um, and his Sefer, and his Sefer is basically what we use for many of our practices. And there he writes that even though many people don't keep Yom Kippur Kattin already for every other month, accept the accepted practice is to do it in the month of El. Others do it in the month of Nisan, but uh, by and large the more accepted practice is that in the month of El, in preparation for uh, El, on Yem Adin, many people have a practice to do Yom Kippur Kattin. So that's why many shuls did Yom Kippur Kattin this month, even though they don't do Yom Kippur Kattin the other month. There are many that are proponents of doing him cotton all the time. The stifler as well as the Kamkinevsky, they are they were and they are very big proponents of doing him cotton. The stifler is quoted as saying it has the ability to be mavatal Xerus Koshais, very strict Xeras that are out there over Klai, so M-kip-a-kot-in has the has the ability to break it. It's interesting. Amongst the Hasidic communities, this was not widely uh, accepted. Amongst Bells, Vizhnitz, Square, and many other Hasidic groups, they do not do Yom Kippur cotton. And one of the reasons are is because they feel that it, there is no such thing that could be similar to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the only day on the calendar. There's no such thing as Yom Kippur cotton. The other argument they make, which maybe is an ironic argument, that doesn't say it anywhere in the Gemara which is uh, interesting because a lot of things that are done in in, in different elements are not always found in the Gemara. But in any case, they have a different practice and their practice is that they say to Hillel B'tzibur. Instead of saying the... instead of reciting uh the slichas that we said they have a practice of saying tehillim but again it's uh, in many of the yeshivas it's very popular to say um Yom Kippur kippukot and Elul, but uh, it's a, it's it's pop pop it's becoming more popular but it's interesting just just i realized it i realized it myself when we were doing it in shul tonight that there is another mishta that mr says, you're not really supposed to say any slichas at nighttime so I was wondering what constitutes night time. Is that after Shkia? Or is that only after Sezik Because Because uh, sometimes if you call Yom Kippur Kutin for a little bit, a little too late, uh, the end of Yom Kippur Kutin has Vidoi, it has Slichas. So the Mishdebir writes, you're not supposed to say any of that, uh, any of those things are not supposed to be said at night, because night time is Din, and uh, and and, and uh, these things are Rachamim, and you can't mix Rachamim and Din. The only exception to the rule, the only time we say Slichas at night is either Masi Shabbos before Slichas, because it's already night, night time, it's already after Chatzos, that's why we wait till after Chatzos, because that's not nighttime anymore. Or Yom Kippur, Meshtebiru, Kotsam Maghav Ram, Maghav Ram says Yom Kippur is the exception to the rule. But I'm not sure if it's Shki or it's says so I was just looking at the clock a little bit, when we got towards the end of Yom Kippur Kutli, we were getting a little close to nighttime already, maybe it's a question of not saying Slichas or Vidoi or Balayla. Another interesting shayla that comes up, switching gears a little bit, about when Rish Chodesh falls out on Sunday, is an interesting shayla in Hilchas Benching. The Shulchanach writes this in Kuf Peiches, that the rule of thumb when it comes to mentioning things in the benching, let's say, whether it be out the other, would say, all these different ma'aros. So the question always is, is when do you start, when do you calculate? You calculate by when you started the meal, or when you calculate by when you finished the meal. Let's say, for example, a person starts a meal on a regular Shabbos, he starts Shal Shuris before Shkia, and he benches after the Tzai chavim. So now it's not Shabbos anymore. So does he say, say, Well, let's say, for example, on Rosh proper, let's say this year Rosh is Sunday Monday. So Monday towards the evening, he sits down and has a big Suda, and he finishes a S the Monday nights, already after tzitzikachavim. So does he say yalviyavus? So the shochanarich says that uh, the rule of thumb is that we also we always go based on the haschalas hasuda. Shochanarich says in some kuf peches if yud, if a person is eating and Shabbos is over. Okay, typical case Shabbos. You're eating, eating, and then you bench Matzah so Shabbos. So the Shulchan Aruch says, says Maskech Shabbos bebechazamoz. You're supposed to mention uh the Ritzay in the benching. Why? Says the Shulchan Aruch. Lina We always go based on the beginning of the meal. Since you started the meal, it was Shabbos. You say Ritzay. and then the Shulchan Aruch concludes for who Adin the Rishchaydish Same thing goes for Rishchaydish Chanukah, Purim, which presumably means that what that um, we we always go by whatever the beginning of the meal was. So let's say, for example, a person started a meal on Rish Chodesh. He started the Suda on Rish Chodesh and he finished the meal after Rish Chodesh. So he would say, Yalvi Yovit. So, Mr. Bruce speaks that out, that we always go based on the Haskalah Sasudah. So, then the Mr. Bruce says, well, we have a little bit of a problem over here. What happens when Rishkhodesh falls out on Sunday? So, Rishkhodesh starts Matzah Shabbos. And Mr. Bruce says, one second. So, you're gonna have Shaloshuddah and Shul on Shabbos and Hashem. So, you're gonna have Shaloshuddah. So, you're gonna start Shaloshuddah during the daytime. You're gonna continue the Shaloshuddah and you'll finish and you'll bench Matzah Shabbos. So, since we have the rule, you go based on the Haskalah Sasudo. So, you're going to say Ritzei. And you're not going to say Yalvi all However, says the Mishnaburah, that's only if you didn't eat bread at night also pass Gambaleh, but says, Mishdaburu, what happens if you eat bread before nighttime and then you eat bread after nighttime? Let's say you started eating before the Shkir and you kept, kept on eating till right before, uh, right before your bench. So you had bread before and you had bread after. So now what are you supposed to say in the benching? So you started before, so you're supposed to say Shabbos. But since I ate after Shabbos, so now I should say Alviyavik. So the Mishdaburu quotes from the Magen of Avram that we have a problem on our hands. You can't say both. Because it can't be Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh is Sunday. So if I mention Rosh Chodesh and I can't mention Shabbos, it's what he calls a targeted the sasri. says the in Avram, you can't say both. Because if it's Rosh Chodesh, then it's not Shabbos. If it's Shabbos, it's not Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh is not Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh is Sunday. But since I eat bread before and after, I really have two sibas, two reasons for me to mention two different things. So the Mishdeburu says, according from the Mishdeburu, that in that case, he can only say one. And he says that since you can only say one, the Mishnah says the one that you should say is Yalviyaviyy Natritse. So according to the of Ram, if one had bread before and after, he should only mention one thing in his benching, and the one thing he mentions is Yalviyaviy However, the Mishnah also acknowledges the opinion of the Taz. The Taz disagrees. And the Taz says that no, in such a case where you had bread before Rosh Chodesh started, before Shkia, and then you had bread afterwards, so you mention both. You say the Rosh Abbas and you say the then there's the third sheet of the Bach, the father-in-law of the Taz. The Bach says, "No, we go based on the old rule of Hakoyla and that's all that matters." And since you started the meal, you started off with Shabbos. You only mention Shabbos. Now, where does that leave, off, leave, leave, off, leave us off Allah So many poskim suggest that we should try not to eat bread after Laila. Meaning, this week, we should probably start this earlier. This way, we can finish eating all our bread. It's only an issue of bread. The Pais can say it's not a problem of uh, soda, cookies, it's just bread. You should try to really eat your bread before Lila. The question is, what's Lila? So some Pais can say Lila is Teseke Chavim. So if Lila is a Chavim, so then you should try to finish eating all your bread before Teseke Chavim. And then you bench, and then you only say Ritse. Others say, and that's the way they quote B'shem B'shem zama that it means Zeshkiah. It means the Shkia, it's a little bit more trickier. It means that you have to finish eating all your bread before Shkia. Some people don't sit down to Shalashir until after the Shkia. So, um, so that gets a little bit more tricky. So, Lechatkhila, preferably, I think one should try to eat, um, all the bread either right before Shkia or right at the beginning after the Shkia. And this way you should only say Ritsei. But if Itaka eats bread, if he eats bread before and after, so then you run yourself into a machoikis. According to the Bach, you'd only say Ritzei. While according to the Brewer, you'd only say Al-Yalvi, um, And according to the Taz, you'd say both. It's not exactly clear what the Minigah is with this. Uh, I think the Svardim will only say Ritzei. I think that's what they follow. They follow the Bach. But it's not 100% clear. And before I should point out, Marda de Ovid Kemara or Mar de Ovid Kemara. Basically, you, there's many different sheitas over here. But the Mishtubur does pass it in a scenario where you have bread both. You should only recite the Yalav and Not to say, maybe this is a good reason for people to start Shalashos a little earlier this week. This way they can finish eating the bread uh, earlier before the Shkia or shortly after the Shkia to avoid this halachic problem.